Joined now by atheist Kira Gailey. How are you? I'm well, George. You're as much a professed atheist as I am a professed Christian. Yeah, but which of us is more moral, I sometimes wonder, <laughs> is more important. All right, look, we have to get on here. My wife really suffers badly with piles. Doc, please help. Yeah. Um, actually, the vast majority of adults suffer with piles. It has a lot to do with washing. It doesn't. You say this all the time. It totally it does. does. It has to do actually very much so with straining going to the toilet. That's what it actually has to do with. It's not to do with washing. Um, and a couple of things you need to do is one is you need to not be constipated. You need to have soft stools because hard stools are stools you have to push yeah. or strain with. Yeah. Make it worse. The hook diet guarantees soft stools. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Do you want to share that with Well, with, if you have an enormous breakfast of granola or fruit and fibre, just vary it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Put fruit in it. Uh, put yogurt with the granola, put milk with the fruit and fibre. I guarantee you, never again. Well, actually, that's quite interesting because you're right. What you're eating there is a high fibre, yeah. high fat, high sugar breakfast, all of which do contribute to being a laxative. So so, so there is that. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing. But if you actually have bad piles, they need to be treated. And they need to be treated. There's topical treatments you can but get. there's a nap, isn't there? There is. There's over-the-counter stuff. That's not great. There's prescription stuff, suppositories and ointments. That's much better. Um, and if that hasn't worked, then there are various things that can be done. They can be injected. They can be banded. Or there's an actual hemorrhoidectomy. Um, hemorrhoidectomies are, are, are unpleasant procedures. But the other stuff is not that bad. The, the doctor who looks up your bum, he's called a proctor. Pathologist, isn't he? Generally, who does that here is a general surgeon or, or uh, you know. Do we not have proctologists? We generally don't have surgeons who are so specialised that they are proctologists alone, but we certainly have surgeons that do proctology. All right. Um, now, you mentioned suppositories. I did. They're good. They work. But how do you put them in? I and No, I'm, this is a serious question. I... I I got suppositories in a trip to uh, Washington D.C. Right, and I'm I'm on the floor of the bathroom. Right, how do you do it? Uh, and by yourself, I mean it's very difficult. Now, don't like there's people listening here who are better. Betcha any kind of money have been in the same position that it is very difficult to do. And don't do your usual and kind of paint me into a corner. All right. Okay, I, I'm going to take it as a serious question yeah. in that case. Um, anybody who can wipe their own bottom can put in a suppository. Really? Yes. I must be doing something wrong. All you need, George, is a little bit of lubricant on the suppository, which you can actually use the ointment that you usually get with the suppositories or a little bit of Vaseline or something like that. And you should be able to insert it and you have to pop it in. And sometimes they do come back out, but you have to pop them in again. All right. Ian, he's 40. He plays five-side football twice a week. I've noticed lately that I'm getting pains on the outside of my knee after I get home and I get sore climbing the stairs. Can I take this question? Go. Stop playing football. I tell you, five-a-side football for over 40s creates more damage than all the, the industrial accidents in the entire country. 
Well, that's true because there isn't a very high proportion of industrial accidents anymore. <laughs> but, but you're not agreeing. Well, I do and I don't because I think, oh. you know what? No, here, here's the thing. First of all, I think exercise is brilliant. Second of all, I think it's great for men to socialise through sport because too many Irish men socialise through the pub and I think it's really good for guys to play soccer and this stuff. This is appalling advice. If, if they are hurting their knees, that's a different issue. This guy is asking about his actual knee, right? So we're not going to tell him not to play soccer. The outside of his knee is the lateral edge of his knee. I'm thinking one of two things is wrong. This is a lateral ligament. Either right? the lateral ligament, exactly, or it could be his cartilage either, because sometimes that yeah. affects one side or the yeah. other and you'd feel yeah. it that way. He needs to get an x-ray or an MRI possibly as well. He needs to go and he may need something done. And then bingo, he's back playing soccer with the lads on a Thursday night, having the crack. And socialising for men is so important. There's a wonderful charity called The Sheds, which was the... the um Men's Sheds. Uh, men's Sheds, which was the Person of the Year award. I'm a huge the, fan of the Men's Sheds. Yeah, I've written but, about the Men's Sheds. The Men's Sheds go, are brilliant. But don't go out and start playing football at 40 years. The number of fellas who get damaged playing five-a-side football is unbelievable. I disagree. I ah, actually think that socialising through sport for men is very important. Look, you go out for 40 minutes or whatever you play football for indoors. Then you go to the pub and you consume 10 points. That's all the calories gone for a start. And, and more. And more. This is balderdash. Now, you can answer this question. All right. I haven't a clue. Uh, I have dyspraxia, mild autism and Asperger's. I'm 27. Diagnosed very recently. Uh, now, balance and physical movements very difficult. It's slow to do things. Lots of anxiety and stress. Very little support for this. This is a difficult story. This is a very sad story. This is a 27-year-old man who's recently diagnosed as being on the autistic spectrum and having dyspraxia. So he has various issues um, that will need some support. I would suggest as a good protocol, PJ should go to see his GP and the GP can refer him on to appropriate uh, follow-up care. The likes of Enable Ireland, now it depends on what, what area you're in. I know in my area, for example, we use Enable Ireland. We'll do assessments on people with things like dyspraxia and tell them what they should do in order to improve their dyspraxia. And that's sort of, Dyspraxia is a kind of a movement and coordination disorder. So they'll help with that. Autism services, particularly for people who are mildly autistic or are on the kind of the lower end of the spectrum, are poor in this country. There's no question about it. And PJ's obviously only been diagnosed, he said, recently. So yes, but he also says he feels very little support. Yeah, out there. but I would imagine that the fact that he's been diagnosed so, so recently means that he went through his whole childhood and adolescence with these same issues, because they aren't new issues, but with never getting any, any help or never being properly assessed or diagnosed. I think that's a very sad and difficult thing because it's quite isolating to maybe know you're a bit different or feel a bit different or maybe your social interaction is a little bit, you know, not all it could be. It, it, that's a tough road for people. So I, I think as a first protocol, PJ should go and see his GP and talk about in his area because I, I, the areas around, the health boards sort of around the country, George, th- there's different supports in different areas. He needs to go in and see what available help is where he oh, lives. Okay. This next story... There's also, there's also oh, sorry, support, support groups and stuff like that, peer support groups, and that can be very helpful to people oh, too. Sorry. Uh, this next question actually happened to me over the Christmas, right? I'm, I'm sitting watching some television program and my grandson looks at my big toe and he says, Grand 
Granddad, where did you get such a big toe? I thought he was doing, you know, some sort of fairy tale. But, of course, my toe is deformed for years of gout, mm-hmm. right? Now, the listener has just been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I'm surprised he's only recently because he's had years and years of pain. Yeah. But, of course, he has a deformed toe as a result. Now, should he get an op to straighten it? Sometimes he should. Um Rheumatoid arthritis is considerably more aggressive than gout, and it can be quite. And I'm, you know, it's not a competition. Obviously, and I'm not no, saying no, it is, no, no, but it's no, it's, it's, it's a fairly serious condition, and yeah. it affects largely. It affects other bits of your body too, but it affects largely the small joints of the hands and the feet. Sorry, can I just stop you? Aren't there two kinds of arthritis? Well, there's more than two types, but but rheumatoid is is an inflammatory arthritis, right. and it's chronic and progressive generally speaking it's a it's a bad arthritis to have to be honest okay. and, and he needs to attend a rheumatologist he needs to have his, his rheumatoid arthritis treated properly and managed and kind of kept under control to the, the best uh, of the rheumatologist's abilities and sometimes surgery is indicated because the joints become very very deformed and then the pain is chronic and you have difficulty walking and you have difficulty with your okay. mobility. And, and the operation would help walking like, wouldn't Yeah, it? what they do is they, they, they realign the joints basically oh, right, because the okay. joints tend to skew out to the side. So what yeah. happens is your toes, instead of pointing straight in front of you, they all point out to the side, out to your lateral edge. And that can become quite difficult. Right. The, the rheumatologist now did save me from the gout, Conor McCarthy, up, up in the mat, yeah. or like, you know. Now, it, it helped, I suppose, he was a scrum and half as well. I, that probably helps where the gout is concerned. But anyway, uh, the, the difference in going, to, uh, I hope you don't mind me moving people with these kind of complaints away from their GP to a rheumatologist. Going to an expert in the case of gout and arthritis, like a rheumatologist, is terribly important. Isn't that so? Absolutely. If I have any patient with rheumatoid arthritis, I refer them on to a rheumatologist because the kinds of drugs and the treatments and all of that that are available through a rheumatologist are far better than available through general practice. All right. Uh, Here's one now. Uh, the the uh, as usual, you're correct. My husband broke his ankle playing five aside shortly before our wedding. Needed pins inserted. I banned it after that. Says. Jennifer. And then George is right, says Nathan in Portlaoise. 40 year old playing five aside on Astro Pitch is a disaster. See, there you are. There you are. There you are. Stay out of rugby. Yeah, stay out of rugby. Um, Oh, yeah. This this is. uh, Can this happen? Emmett Dublin says his wife has lost smell and taste for four weeks following a heavy head cold. She was prescribed a short course of steroids. No benefit. Any thoughts? You're a big steroid uh, uh, giver. <laughs> well, that's not really true. I'm an, Every week you say I'm an it's a, a topical pro- steroid. I'm an appropriate steroid giver. I give steroids, steroids are w- deadly dangerous. I give steroids where they're indicated. They're deadly dangerous. They are. They shouldn't be used inappropriately. I would agree with you. Thank you. Um could it be possible? Yes, it could. A head cold is a euphemism. What she obviously has is either 
allergic rhinitis or chronic sinusitis or acute sinusitis or something like that. And if you are, if your sinuses and all are really congested, you know, your sinuses are these little kind of bony crevices yeah. in your in your face, in your cheekbones and above your eyes. If they become really congested and infected and inflamed and kind of full of gunk, it does affect your your smell and it does affect you're all congested and that can affect your taste because if you can't smell, you can't taste. Okay, oh, no, if you can't smell, George, you can't taste. Um, so because but, but that I I mean it's never happened to me, but but I mean that makes life a bit uh, a bit bland. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I would suggest this person needs a few things, very possibly. They may, and we can't tell, and there's another drug you love, they may need an antibiotic. I don't know if they're infected or not. If they don't, don't take one. If they do, do take we're one. We're actually irresponsible, I've decided, on this programme. We are so we're not. Giving out, we're giving out steroids and, and antibiotics. Appropriate use of steroids and antibiotics. I'd say only. if somebody rang up here and said, my dog had a runny nose, he'd give him antibiotics. I absolutely would not. Well, listen. I refute that. Listen, here's one for you now because I mean, just this poor. You haven't answered poor Emma's question. Um, A topical steroid spray for up the nose. (laughs) (laughs) Some antihistamines will probably help. Will they? Yes. Will they fix it? It's hard to know at this at a remove, but I'm hopeful. Yeah. All right. A topical steroid inhalant. Or uh, antihistamines may well help. Now, are you happy we've answered the question? We have. Go, go Move ahead. On fire, to the next fire one. ahead. Now, on for this question, I recommend ringing nine nine nine, getting an ambulance, and immediately your normal answer to these questions. But I think intermittent pins and needles down the arm are quite worrying. Yeah, and um, you are- agree. Well, I I do. There has to be a reason for them, and they're just down one side. They're down the right arm. We we're only you know we can only give our best guess on the right hook health check because we don't see the patients sure. and all that kind of stuff. So we do put this a codicil. This we, is the first ever health program without patients. Yeah, we on. do put a codicil in every week. Yeah. Um, the chances are something neurological is happening. Something there's a trapped nerve running down this fella's uh, right arm. It's probably coming from his neck. So what we do is we do an MRI of the cervical spine, have a look at the nerves coming off the neck and see what's being pinched. And that's probably it. But it does need to be checked because you don't want nerves in your spinal cord being pinched high up. It's not a good idea. Interesting. Rugby. Guys tackle and and they get the wrong kind of hit. And they talk about uh, getting uh, their arms suddenly to get these pins and needles down their arm for the very reason a nerve has been damaged. Uh, you know, don't you? Agree? Oh no, completely. Um, you damage any of the nerves coming off the the the, the spinal cord and you will have radiculopathy you will have pins and needles or numbness or tingling or weakness or that kind of neurological symptom maybe in your in your limb and it needs to be checked and they may need to see a neurosurgeon as well depending on what's found on MRI yeah, Amy sent me a text there. What do you do for a chesty cough, right? Um, and and um, how do you prevent losing your voice? Do I believe in manuka honey and lemon and hot water? Do I? Do you? I, I prefer manuka honey on brown bread, really, rather than hot water and lemon, personally. A lot of people do swear by the linctus properties of honey. Uh, people rave on about manuka honey, but as far as I know, in studies, it shows that all... <laughs> All honeys are all much honeys. Muchness. In fact, it's astonishing the number of doctors who are beekeepers as well. Quite extraordinary. I'll take your your word for that, George. Yeah. 
and uh, recommend putting honey on, on cuts. Honey is being used on wounds and, and yeah. the jury is slightly out as to whether it's the antiseptic properties that may exist in honey. Anyway, can we get Or whether back? it's a kind, of a kind of a barrier. What yes. about the wheezy cough? The wheezy, the chest, it was a chesty cough. The chesty cough and the losing of the voice. Um, there's something going on. and it's Don't you think this Benelin stuff? I think they're all rubbish. Cough bottles are rubbish. You sleep like a ton. I take them all the time now, whether I, I say to England. <laughs> I go, <laughs> and then what I don't do, you know they give you these... Uh, don't, don't follow George's <laughs> advice on this, please, listeners. You know the way they give you the plastic spoon? Yeah. Right? Well, I, you just chug it from the bottle. I chug it from I the I knew bottle. you would do that. <laughs> I know you well enough to know you but would do you, that. you soon get a skill at chugging precisely one tablespoon. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Um, what about the wheezy cough? The wheezy cough, there's something going on, okay? Either they have a chest infection and if they have a chest infection it may be bacterial which may need an antibiotic but actually 9 out of 10, certainly 8 out of 10 are viral and do not need antibiotics. They just need time and they go away themselves. If you are wheezy, sometimes there's an underlying um, reactivity in the airways or a lot of people in Ireland have a bit of an asthmatic tendency. Occasionally people do need, in fact, uh, inhalers and stuff like that. I'd give it a bit of time. Try the honey. Sure, it can't do you any harm. Oh, and, we'll, and get back to us next Monday. But uh, listen, Liz and Clonmel now, this is where I think the three Hail Marys actually work medically. Like every January and February, his kids seem to suffer from colds and flu. Liz said, don't children get colds and flu in January and February? Of course they do. So stop worrying, Liz. Preschool children, I don't know why I, I rolled myself there. Preschool children, for example, suffer from up to six respiratory tract infections per year, which when you think about it, it's once every two months. And if it lasts a week or 10 days, that means they're like that, like nearly half the time they're always sick so just stop worrying about it yeah you know what and you know every time they get a bit of a bug they're building up immunity to that bug and they're moving on from there and we all have to get sick from time to time preventing illness it's great in theory but you know we're exposed to bugs all the time that we're not immune to we get them we shake them off and we become immune to them okay where are you on Macbeth are you good on Macbeth Um, not as good as perhaps you want me to be well, Lady Macbeth comes out in a kind of a nightmare, sleepwalking, and she says, all the perfumes of Arabia will not sweeten this hand, or words to that effect. It's reminded me of Tom's problem. Uh, his friend is obsessed with using oh, hand yeah. sanitizer. She brings hand wipes with her everywhere. She washes her hands a dozen times a day. Now, this actually is a name for this, isn't there? there What's is. it called? It's called OCD. Yes. Yes. Um, do any of us... Well, okay. Slight, a slight uh, codicil again. I was going to say, do any of us need to wash our hands a dozen times? I wash my hands shed loads of times every day because I... And I don't wash them at all. I, <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say that. I wash my hands because I'm seeing patients all the time. Just wash your hands after hands. using the toilet is exaggerated. It's not it? and you should do it. Is it is Absolutely. It of course you should do it. But anyway, that's... There's a great tradition in Cork. This is true. Poor and Cork bet, people are about to be defamed no, now. Got, no, they're better get it again I'll get text saying I'm right Cork people wash their hands before using the toilet I swear to God on my word of honour that's how I grew up I swear to God I'm not telling you a lie I, 
Okay. Um, okay, Cork people, that's not the way to do it. Anyway, um, Dublin people will now tell you, wash it afterwards. This is OCD. Nobody needs to be using those hand so, sanitizers and all that rubbish. Well, she might need a bit of health, might need a bit yeah, of cognitive of behavioural therapy or something because it's all very well to say stop washing your hands. But she's washing her hands to reassure herself that she's not being, you know, covered in germs. And, and you know, you, this hand washing for, form of OCD is quite a common. There's loads it of is, yeah. Switching on and off the lights is another one. Going back to check things is another one. Not walking on cracks is another one. All those kind of things. And they're all ways of sort of soothing heightened anxiety. I'll, I'll feel but a bit better. But you do need help. You do. Yeah, no, and you yeah. don't need all these wipes and you don't need the hand sanitizer and you don't need to wash your hands dozens of times a day. And in fact, it's quite bad for your skin. Your skin yeah. will be getting all, all dry right. and cracked. Okay. There, there's a few great questions. Unless you're a GP, there. don't do it. If you're pregnant and your gums are bleeding, right? Yeah. Is that it's got to do with the pregnancy or should you go and see a dentist well she when your gums are bleeding generally what that means is you have a bit of gum disease um, could they be made worse in pregnancy yes pregnancy has a complicated effect on your immune system so potentially yes but you still probably need to see the dentist but what the dentist will probably tell you is this right that you need to floss as well as clean your teeth and that you need to use mouthwash and you need to floss by going up the side of one tooth across the tiny gap in between those two teeth and down the other side of that tooth the opposite tooth one beside it the one adjacent with a bit of floss and that is what that is what works you, you need to floss between your teeth because bits of debris do get caught between people's teeth and it causes problems Can I talk about Cork again? Okay poor Cork go on No we were very poor in Cork and we couldn't afford toothpaste What do you so use? So baking soda Oh yeah people did use that people used baking soda people used charcoal people used um, peroxide okay. and all kinds of things We use baking things Nowadays most people can afford toothpaste That I, was Anna and Chile by the way Toothpaste floss Mouthwash. No, this floss is for the birds. No, it's very important and all dentists will Kim, tell you we don't floss enough. Kim says, should I be worried if my teenager is refusing to eat fruit and vegetables? Who's answering this? You or me? Uh, maybe both of us. You go first. No, you shouldn't be worried. Okay. I would like the teenager to eat fruit and vegetables. However... Having a standoff with your teenager about fruit and vegetables, Thank you. you're kind of on a losing battle because you can't actually force them. So you need to be better at manipulating your teenager. But this thing basically. about like you must eat your greens or you won't be as big as your father or all this just doesn't work. No. I actually think it's very hard to force people to eat what they don't want to eat. But I think a lot of our teenagers nowadays are quite health conscious. You know, they're they're, they're different. They're, they're more nutrition aware. They're more exercise aware. I know not all of them, but certainly there is a, a growing movement among teenagers to be relatively healthy. And I think it's important to say to them, look, Okay, don't eat the green vegetables, but you know what? If you don't, these will be the consequences. Yeah, and, I, and I think having a healthy diet in your teens is a good building block for the rest of your life. But truthfully, as a parent of teenagers myself, I would suggest you need to pick your battles. All right. Now, I, I, I've got a text American Leafy Fox Rock, so obviously she moves straight up the pecking yes, order immediately. But also Cheryl in, Cheryl in Leash, because they're kind of related. One with Erica, she wheezes after exercise. She's 34. She'd ask me as a baby. I'd suggest that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheryl, on the other hand, is 28. But this spells after somewhat strenuous exercise. Okay. I would suggest, well, let's do these quickly because you love when I'm quick. Um, Erica. It's very rare. I That's know. Erica has exercised induced asthma. She needs a ventilin inhaler. She needs a couple of puffs of it before she exercises. That's all she needs. No big deal. Loads of people have it, particularly in cold weather. Uh, the other girl, Cheryl, I would suggest that her blood pressure is doing something. 
possibly going low is what it may be doing because a, a lot of young women have low blood pressure and then they exercise and their blood pressure needs to go up a little bit to, to help them perform their strenuous exercise but it doesn't go up enough and then they feel a bit dizzy and lightheaded. So she needs to have her blood pressure checked and if it is very low she may need to actually do something very simple like take some salt. Although what is interesting is you, you do tend to get that necessarily dizzy spells but you do sometimes get a bit lightheaded like if you've done uh, 24 yeah, if you, press-ups Yeah, if you've gone something. beyond your exercise yeah. tolerance you can do um, uh, sports drinks do help with that and water No, that. no sports drinks don't drink sports drinks Water then, water Water But, but salt, yeah. salt and sugar for people with low blood pressure are kind of good too and that's why I suggest don't a sports drink Don't sports drink Put salt in water Alright, put salt and sugar in your water Yeah Okay. In your water. As Tom McGurk says, I can feel it in my water. Um, two questions, and I'm going to bang through them because uh, uh, the the first one uh, is really interesting. Brian in Black Rock, he gets hiccups at least once a day, and he can have hiccups for a couple of minutes. A pope died of the hiccups. Did you know that? I did not. True, he did. Um, I swear to God. He needs I to think go to the doctor. Paul, I think. I think it might have been Paul. Um, this this fellow needs to go to the Absolutely. doctor. Absolutely, this is really worrying. Well, no, it's no, no, no. Don't worry, anybody. But it, but occasionally there are conditions that result in regular hiccups. Hiccups every day are not normal. No, they're Therefore, not normal. they're worrying. Why don't you call a spade a spade? Just go and see your GP. Be grand. Or dial nine nine nine. No, get an ambulance. No, which no. Which is the Kerry Kelly answer. No. No, I want to answer this. I don't even want you to speak I'll because be we have no time. Okay. I'm a 35-year-old male who gets an awful lot of earwax. I use cotton buds every morning and I go through two or three per day. It's been an issue for a year or so at least. Should I get it seen to? I'm slightly worried. One, you do not use ear thingy You are absolutely right. That's ex- what I'm saying. They exaggerate the problem. They impact the bloody wax. They push yeah. it further in. Throw them in the bin. Correct, thank you. And you go to your GP for 60 quid, or if you're in Greystones, 55 with the right hook uh, discount, um, and get them syringed. I would suggest before you do that, you use solvents. And solvents can be as simple as Just olive oil from your kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I've been down this route because anybody who wears uh, headphones like yeah, we yeah. do in broadcasting, yeah, yeah. it heats it all up. But I've had earwax since I was about 12. But what's fabulous, when the wax goes, you can hear unbelievable things. You Amazing. can hear leaves on the road and everything. It's extraordinary. You can hear your it's husband It's a fabulous feeling. It's a fabulous feeling. Throw the buds away, will you? Yeah. I, no, I'm with you. I hate those things. It's great to finish on a plus. <laughs> uh, from uh, the singing doctor, uh, Dr. Kelly, if you haven't downloaded uh, from uh, the right hook, go to newstalk.com forward slash the right hook and get the podcast of Baby It's Cold Outside, which is a bestseller now, has only been beaten by White Christmas uh, with Bing Crosby. Uh, you'll get it. And I have to say, plans are a for a follow-up. <laughs>